0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Our world is always so rush, rush. We can never give any personal time to ourselves, let alone those that we love. Welcome to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. Our mission, to reintroduce kindness and compassion to our busy lives. Remember when life was so much simpler? Gabriella and her guests today will pick up the ball of human kindness and by doing so, empower you to make changes in your own life. And now, here is Gabriella Von Ray. Hi
2: everyone and thanks for listening. This is the first show of 2013 and I wish everyone a Happy New Year. The show today will be on The Loneliness of Cancer, and our guest today is Rose Robinson. Hi, Rose, and welcome to the show. Thanks, Gabrielle. I'm happy to be talking with you today. Yeah. I find um, the loneliness part of cancer so important, and I only met you recently, and I know you're going through cancer. And when I saw you only two weeks ago uh, and you left, I thought, wow, there's so many people out there that could benefit from your experience because you're willing to be open and share about it. So first of all, before we go into cancer, tell me a little bit about yourself because it's exceptional that you're a nurse on top of it.
3: Sure, sure. Well, um, I'm a 58-year-old um, nurse, nurse practitioner, nurse midwife, and also mother of um, a five-son blended family and um, with eight grandchildren. So, um, of particular interest, I think to the topic we're talking about today is that um, you know my background has always been focused on women's health, and you know here I am confronted with you know a health crisis of my own. So it
2: kind of puts it, brings it close to home in that way. Absolutely, it it really does. But you're also teaching as a nurse, right? You're in right, you're the faculty. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I. It's almost like you, you know all the aspects of nursing. Is that correct? Yeah, sure.
3: I started I started out um, back in the 70s as a labor and delivery nurse, and um, I've spent time as a nurse, um, nurse, staff nurse, nurse manager, nurse director. I've taught nursing in various nursing programs, mm-hmm. um, and currently, just even at the beginning of the year, before I knew of my diagnosis, I made a decision to... Um, rebalance my life and put my, um, my faith, my family and friends and then my career in that order. So I took a position teaching um, as a, a faculty in a baccalaureate nursing program. So I'm teaching, actually teaching pediatrics now, which
2: has been um, a great just breath of fresh air for me. Very <laughs> nice, really nice. So, when did you get diagnosed with cancer, and what kind of cancer? Uh, I was diagnosed in August
3: of this year, August eighth, to be exact. I had, um, I have breast cancer, or I, I should say, I had breast cancer. I'm fortunate that I caught it early, and I had no, um, no spread. Uh, I found it on a self exam, so I am very passionate about ladies doing their breast self-exams on a monthly basis, and um, interestingly enough, I found it in August. It was probably there for a while, but I had a normal mammogram in January, so, uh, you know, if I would have waited until, you know, 12 months out from that mammogram, I would have been uh, much farther down the road in my cancer um, staging diagnosis.
2: What does it entail to self-examination? I've tried it myself, Rose, and I'm really bad at it.
3: You know, it it really, there's no perfect way to do it. I, as an, a women's health nurse practitioner, nurse midwife, I always tell women, all you need to do is get familiar with the way your breasts feel. We okay. know our breasts are lumpy. We know they're bumpy. We know they're uneven, um, but the thing is, you have to be familiar with what What your own breasts feel like. It's not like you have to go on a cancer hunt every month. It's more just, hello, how are you today? Let's make
2: sure you feel (laughs) the same way you did last month. Okay, curious. See what you mean. So, if something suddenly feels unfamiliar, right, right, and that was the case
3: with me. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had some lumps and bumps over the years, and um, but this was different, and it was in a different on a different side than I'd normally felt it. And, um, so it was concerning enough. And honestly, if I were totally honest with myself and maybe everyone else, it probably had been there for a month or two. And I'd just been kind of watching it because I know that things change. Mm -hmm. So, um, but you know, there was just one day when it was like, Oh, I think I better get that checked out. And, and I did. And, um, there I was, unsuspecting, going in for a mammogram, and the uh, radiologist said, oh, I don't like the looks of this. Let's do a biopsy right here. So off they took me into another room and uh, needle in the breast. Um, and by the time I was out of there, they said, pretty sure it's cancer. Need an appointment with a surgeon. Okay.
2: Wow. But wow. You... Yeah, wow. And all all that in, in one swoop. One so swoop. And, say.
3: you yeah. know, typically I thought, well, I went to the mammogram appointment by myself because, you know, I had always gone by myself. I'd never thought to take anybody. So the time when you're getting, you know, the worst news is oftentimes the time when you're alone.
2: It is. It is. I think most of us are at the moment that we receive bad news. But did you instantly share this with your family or would you would you say, no, not at all, you needed to process this service?
3: No, I actually did. Uh, I went home and I thought about it a little bit and I called, I have um, three biological sons, so I called uh, one of my sons and talked with him and um, of course, you know, they were very reassuring, you know, mom, don't, you don't need to worry about this, it's, you know, However, <laughs> when you get that news, you're instantly worried. And honestly, Gabrielle, as women, I think one of the things we do really well is to worry. Yes, I think <laughs> I think we were born for that. <laughs> we're very
2: yeah. really good at it. <laughs> yes, we are. But we this... practice it not only for ourselves but for our families. So this segues um, really well into my question because I've talked to the Cancer Society in Canada as a speaker, and I remember one of the things that I keep hearing from patients is that the family's reaction is exactly, don't worry, everything will be all right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't always feel that that's the support that that is needed for cancer patients. How do you feel about that? Um, I think it depends on your personality.
3: I think we're all different. Some of us are um, realists. Some of us are uh, you know, people that like to think that things are good until we hear otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think for me personally, being in the medical field, um, I once I get the news, my mind's going down a certain path. Um, and um, you know, I think I don't know how how to comfort somebody when they get that news. What
2: is the best way? I I think it's different for everyone. So yeah. I I agree, but I hear a lot that families have a harder time because they're suddenly confronted, of course, with a parent or a sister or a brother or an Mm. in-law even Mm -hmm. or with the new composed families where they have to think about the mortality of that person and at the same time the kinship patient has to think about that mortality too. So for for you, what was your experience on, on that part?
3: Well, immediately
2: I thought I was going to
3: die. You know, you you hear that word, and it particularly rang home for me um, because I had lost both my parents in the past four to five years uh, to cancer diagnosis. So, um, you know, my own personal, only personal experience with cancer had resulted in death. Okay. Um, So, you know, I think for me personally... um, to just, uh, you know, come alongside me and say, we're here for you no matter what, which my children did, um, you know, do eventually, I think, after the shock wore off for them. Um, but, and I think when you have sons, it's different too. Uh,
2: yes, I'm sure. Sons are different <laughs> than daughters. <laughs> right.
3: Yeah, men and, are a little and- bit
2: less, less likely to show their true emotions initially behind it and and daughters can relate of course because yeah. they they have the same situation too right um, so yes yeah. yeah that's very different but as a nurse would would you say that when you heard the news your your nursing nursing instincts kicked in in the sense that you you said in out to find out everything you could find out about the disease, or did you say, no, you were just um, going through the process first?
3: That that was interesting for me, because normally I dig in and dig out and ferret out every single little piece of information that I could ever want to know about anything, but in this case, I kind of did the opposite. I... um. I kind of put my head in the sand a little bit for a while and mm-hmm. just kind of went with the flow. It tried to be more of a patient rather than a nurse. Um okay. which was very strange for me and I um, imagine. I I still haven't kind of figured out why why I did that, but you know, as I got into the process um with the surgery and Finding out, you know, what stage my cancer was and what type it was. um, I've done my, I've definitely done my research (laughs) since that time.
2: Since that time, okay. I can imagine because you, you don't necessarily um, have the same views on doctors that we would if we're not in that profession. Yes. I, I
3: highly respect physicians and I, I believe. My philosophy is that they are a significant part of the healthcare team, but they are not the entire team. And um, the the team itself has a lot
2: of different perspectives to bring to the treatment plan. Absolutely, absolutely. And and your attitude is everything in the treatment plan too. Yes, yes, it, it definitely you is. How do you feel. Okay, we're going to go into a commercial break right now, and we'll be right okay. back with Rose and on the topic of cancer. Stay tuned.
0: Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. com.
4: Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network.
1: Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even co-worker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family caregivers unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. will provide you with a social networking experience. tuned in to Might radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G A B R I E L L A V A N R I J at gmail.com. Now back to Might radio with Gabriella Von Ray. Hi, everyone. And if you're
2: just tuning in right now, this topic of today is the loneliness of cancer with Rose Robinson, and we are just going to go into a new part, Rose, about the fear of cancer, because I think a lot of people still feel that it's one of those fearful diseases out there, and it seems that the fear makes you become isolated anyhow because of the way that people think of this disease
3: well, fear fear, in itself, again, is a very personal thing. and um, many people live their lives motivated by fear, and others live their lives motivated motivated by love or kindness. and so I think it really has to do with the individual perspective that people bring to you know their life, and then again, how they look at disease or illness or health. in my case. Mm-hmm. I've been healthy for 58 years. I'd never met my be- deductible on my insurance plan and um boy, I really blew it out of the water this year. So um <laughs> but I have not found that people have been afraid to relate to me because of my cancer diagnosis. In fact, I have found it exactly the opposite. Um people have more come out of the woodwork to well wow. let them let them Let me know if they're love and support.
2: Wow, that's interesting because I hear sometimes the opposite, that they feel so isolated in the loneliness of of cancer because people do not know how to react. I would almost say, Rose, and I can say that because I know you a little bit, is I have a feeling that people came out of the woodwork because you are um, probably exuding calm and peace about it. Yeah, I, and so. I, I really
3: work hard to put out, to try to turn this experience into a positive learning, um, experience, not only for me and my life journey, but for other people. Mm-hmm. I, I can tell you personally, it is isolating in a way because I don't know many people that have cancer. I, have not other than my parents and their final journey with cancer. I, you know, I don't have that intimate day to day experience. Other than how I'm living it in my own family life, personal life, um, period. But um, it's hard because people do not understand. Nor do they, I think they even. Nor do we even want to make them understand how absolutely difficult going through
2: treatment is. Mm. True, but you chose to grow from the situation. I think you wrote one from Facebook, something about lemons and them making lemonade out of any situation.
3: Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you yeah. know, if I, in my particular cancer case, I have found that I was at genetic risk for breast cancer. However, what how does that mean? Well, I it don't means you that. Told me that somewhere in my family there has been a gene that's been passed down from generation to generation that does not allow uh, cancer cells in the breast to undergo a normal repair process because our body constantly has cells that go um, awry, but most of the time our immune system will jump on that and Kind of take that under control and stop the process. Okay. Well, in my particular case uh, with the breast cancer gene two that I have, my body doesn't do that.
2: Okay. So when the so process it can't starts, regenerate? Is, is is that what you're saying? I'm sorry, it can't regenerate the healthy cells.
3: Right. That once the breast this breast cancer starts in my breast, it um, I have a DNA mutation that does not allow the body to step in and repair that.
2: Oh my gosh. Okay, that I didn't understand. Okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So in my case, it puts me at you know, if I do have a recurrence, I'm I'm I am because I have the mutation, I'm at a higher risk for a recurrence, and you know, my body just doesn't know what to do when that happens. So that has a lot of implications for me as far as, you know, healthy lifestyle, healthy diet, exercise, stress relief,
2: um, all of those things. Mm-hmm. So what is the treatment for, for people that have breast cancer with that gene like you do? Well,
3: there, there are so many different um, types of breast cancer out there. In my particular case, my breast cancer was triple negative, which is... Uh, Type of cancer that should it come back, it is more difficult to treat. Um, I had, I have options of, um, bilateral mastectomy with this breast cancer gene. I also have a higher risk of ovarian cancer, melanoma, and pancreatic cancer in my lifetime. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like, it's, it, it really makes you step back and take a look at, okay, you know i have, i have to change quite a few things in moderation and um to give myself the best chance at uh, having a chance to see my grandchildren grow up and and
2: you know have more grandchildren <laughs> so yeah absolutely so what are the things that you could change in your lifestyle to to be more healthier because when i look at you i think you're very healthy looking <laughs> Well, I do.
3: I do a pretty good job. Um, uh, one is to, you know, absolutely minimize the amount of sugar that I take in. Okay. Um, I eat as close to what I call the food chain as possible. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, no foods that are processed with additives. Um, try to limit my meat intake. Um, five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. Absolutely exercise. A minimum of four hours per week um, meditate. Uh, you know, some of those are just kind of the basics, and then there's things like minimal alcohol intake, low to no caffeine. Um, those
2: kind of things. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> kind so of a big list. That's a that's a huge list, but I can understand that you do it because you're surrounded by a big family. Like you yes. said, eight grandchildren, right? Right. Yes, yes. yes. Oh, my God, that's so ready. <laughs> <laughs> it is a it's lot. It's a house full of kids, and that's I can true. understand that you want to see them grow up. So yes. for you, when, when, when you think of a listener that is listening to your story, what is it that keeps you ticking? I mean, I think I know, but I'd rather have you say it. What is it that gives you the strength to get out of bed and fight this? Well, I,
3: I really, I believe that I'm on, put on this earth <clears throat> for a higher purpose. Mm-hmm. And while I don't, I'm not absolutely sure what that higher purpose is, I, I would hope and I would think that it is to show people that, you know, there is a better way to get through the trials of your life to, mm-hmm. there is a way to help people learn through your own experiences um, to touch somebody's life sometimes we touch them directly physically sometimes we touch them indirectly um, and uh, we never really truly know what an impact we make on a person yep. um, but you know because I am a believer I have faith that it will it will come to pass as it's supposed to and so truly my reason, for getting out of bed in the morning is to make a difference and to love people and to do that in whatever way I can. And my journey through breast cancer and treatment and putting it out on Facebook and, and talking about it is to just help people learn. So maybe they don't have to go through all of the trials and loneliness and turmoil that I have gone through.
2: Absolutely. And I think you you just hit it on the nail the head on the nail about sharing because your wealth of information for another person that has to go through that. Right. And that might not have a family that's supportive or feeling too lonely to combat it. But I would also say it's your spirituality that gives you a big strength to go through this. Is that correct? Oh
3: absolutely. I um okay. it's really this year, become very close with um, I God is my my deity and put him at the center of my life and um, spend time with him every day, and it has made a huge difference for me. In order to get through this, I I know that no matter what the outcome is, and I do have good statistics coming my way with all my treatment and the type of cancer and the stage that I have, I know that no matter what, I will be fine.
2: Okay. I will be fine. I have a sense of peace. That is amazing. And do you feel that people through Facebook uh, have a lot of questions for you that you can answer? Yes. I,
3: yeah, I'm i really finding that um, I people are, at least I believe they're listening to what I'm saying and from the responses back that I'm getting, I'm not preaching to them. I'm just sharing my experience. So I really... Um, feel that through this whole process that um, I hope to have really had them learn something about themselves
4: and
2: perhaps share that with someone else. And has it ever, in in your journey at the moment with this whole uh, ordeal of breast cancer, would you feel that... Um, is it one of the things that some people tell me this, that they fear death, they fear their own immortality because they're too young and they have so much to still live for? Absolutely. I would say the minute you hear the word cancer,
3: regardless of what stage it is or what type it is, that is the immediate, your immediate reaction and it is never very far from your mind. Mm -hmm. I think that even at the end of my treatment, when I'm through with this process, it's going to be hard to relax and not wonder if it's coming back, when it's coming back, how it's coming back. Uh, I think that is something typical that all cancer
2: survivors or cancer warriors go through. Yeah. But at the other hand, you know better than anyone that your thoughts have to be positive for it not to come back right? Yeah. Yes. All the things that you were listing before that you're doing.
3: Yes. I mean, absolutely. It's attitude, 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 the entire, the entire process. In fact, there's been research studies that have come out about the impact of positive attitude and survivorship. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's, it's, and, and that is a personal responsibility, maintaining Your attitude is personal. Nobody
2: can do that for you. Mm -hmm. You just uh, said something important. You said that you believed in a higher purpose. And so if you do, then that could also be a really good um, push of saying, I'm not going to worry about it because I still have things to do here right now. Right, right. Before my diagnosis,
3: I was so focused on... What I needed to do tomorrow, uh, what needed to happen next week, um, that kind of thing. Now I, I work, I work at it daily, but I work to focus on what's good about today. You know, what do I need to do to make a difference today? Um, what do I need to give thanks for today? Like I'm sitting in my sun porch and the sun is streaming in and it's glorious. It's, you know, and to just think in the middle of winter that we can have. You know, this warmth coming down from the sky is great.
2: Yeah, it it definitely is. It's all in the little things that give us the happiness and the joy and the strength to keep going. That's right. And even on your loneliest days,
3: if you can take, if it, if you can, you know, if you can catch yourself when you get into the, the the sad thinking and the lonely thinking, and think, okay, now, what do I have to be thankful for? Or It could be much worse or on and on. Then it's easy to turn that thinking around and, you know, find that positive bent.
2: But the problem is most people don't find the positive. I I know you do. But what would you think, what would you say is that driving force for you to find the positive? What is that? I I guess I would have to
3: say my faith in God. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I think so
3: too. I, I would yeah. I would totally agree with you. Yeah, I don't think it comes from inside of me. I think it comes from above me and around me and um and, and you your know, connection to it. Yeah, and you know, sometimes you see the face of God in other people as well.
2: Yes. True, totally true. I'm glad you said that. It
3: made yeah.
2: me hugely smile. Yeah. Yeah. And We're we see many God times in when each other
3: Yeah, many times when we can't when we feel when I feel like uh I'm alone and God isn't talking to me, um, somebody else will reach out to me and
2: it's like, Okay, there you are, you know? Yeah. It just comes in different forms. Yes. yes. Absolutely. This is a perfect moment to break and we'll be right back. Mm-hmm.
1: A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
4: Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines?
1: This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G A B R I E L L A. V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriela Von Ray.
2: Hi, everyone, and I'm glad you're tuning in to The Loneliness of Cancer with Rose Robinson. And, um, Rose, I would love to know a little bit more about your thoughts and the journey that you're going to go on about a mastectomy because, um, as I was trying to tell you on the break, um, I have never heard anything else from males and females, really, uh, in the Western world that its breasts are considered feminine, period. And yeah. I think in North America, we're doing everything. I mean, if you look at plastic surgeons, I think that's all they're doing uh, is augmenting breasts today. And so, we have this concept somewhere, and and I think it's a warped concept, where we have this attitude as if that's part of us, where as there's so much more than just that part. Yeah, I I would agree. In the Western world, um, we objectify
3: women's bodies Mm -hmm. um, tremendously, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know... You know the history behind that, but even if you look at, you know how dolls are made—Barbie dolls—the um, increase in um, just the profession, the physician specialty of plastic surgery. Um, we we seem to be uh, just almost um, fascinated with appearance and maintaining appearance versus, you know, the normal aging process. Um, In, you know, many cancer, breast cancer, um, uh, survivors, warriors, um, are either required or opt to have mastectomies, uh, as a part of their cancer treatment. And, you know, it does carry a very personal, um, piece of the journey and, uh, how you cope with that. Our breasts are part of our bodies and we use them to nurture Many of us use them to nurture and suckle our babies and, mm-hmm. uh, but we, I think the important thing to say here, Gabrielle, is that we are not our breasts.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We but are that's not. That's easier breasts. for me to say in my situation when I'm not fighting anything and I don't have to make that decision. That's um, also true. I mean, I, I really feel that way. So that's in, in my position great. right now, I say that wholeheartedly. And I really don't know until I'm confronted with a situation where I would have to make the choice. But right. I would choose health over sickness.
3: Yes, and that is, that is uh, what I have done. In my case, I have, uh, I am opting to have a bilateral mastectomy sometime here in the next few months, uh, with a reconstruction. Um, I, I don't need to do that, however, because of the type of cancer that I have mm-hmm. had, I should say had that um it there's a higher chance of recurrence in my lifetime okay. and uh i I just you know I don't see my breasts as an object of beauty, they're a part of my body that I you know I can do without, and I they can be replaced for cosmetic purposes, which I am choosing to you know to do. replace them um okay so it, I mean it is a major surgery and it does require a time commitment and it's painful and um, I'm fortunate in my case I have a choice many so many women do not have a choice true I've met many young women who have you know had advanced stage cancers that you know it's it's, there's no option for them, and so they, you know, go through a whole different personal journey in dealing with it than I'm going through it.
2: Mm-hmm. But tell me for the listener, what is bilateral? Because I don't know.
3: Oh, both both breasts versus okay. mastectomy just on one
2: side. Okay. Okay.
3: And, you know, I again, here I am reframing it as a positive. I'm looking at it as a perk. I'm 58 years old. You know, I'm gonna get some uh, perky boobs out of the process. <laughs> <laughs>
2: See, that's what I like about rose. Now, everyone that's listening is smiling. Yeah. yeah, why not? Right? You will be I the mean... sexiest grandmother alive. <laughs> yeah,
3: absolutely. Once my hair grows back, I'll be great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but again, you, you're looking at it differently, and this is why it's so interesting to have you on the show because. Um, most people are in total tears about it, and yeah, uh, like I said, when I've spoken in canada i I tried to tell them that they're not you know we're more than our bodies we we really mm-hmm. are and mm-hmm. and we can't let the society decide that breasts are the ultimate of importance for being a woman, yeah, yeah, to be honest with you, losing my hair was probably harder than this piece is going to be
3: because. I have very um platinum you know white hair, and it's gone, and I've chosen to wear a brunette wig and um i you know it's just my hair it was like, take everything, but don't take my hair. well, my hair's gone, so um but you know, I've adjusted to that and 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 my mother had a favorite phrase, and it's common, I think all women, you do what you need to do. You put okay. one foot in front of the other, you go forward, and you get it done. And, you know, we, we need to do, we cancer survivors need to do what it takes to live.
2: We do. But we don't to have to be able, to do it alone. Yes,
3: yeah, to live. And that means you need to take advantage of all the offers of help that come to you. And as a nurse, I'm not good at that. I'm mm-hmm. not good at that at all. I used to be the one that helps everybody else. So,
2: okay. And that and does contribute so how, to loneliness. How, you learn, as well. how are you learning to ask? Um, well, I'm I'm reaching
3: out. I went out to coffee with some friends today. Um, uh, it's still hard. It's very difficult. I'm I'm on a mission to ask somebody to help me at least once a week. <laughs> Good for you. You have to You, have okay. to do that. you just have to you. set a
2: goal. Yeah, it's a gymnastic. It's just like a muscle. We just have to yeah. try to do it. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. You know, when when we ask, Rose, it's amazing. The I always say that the sky really opens when you ask something. hmm Because it's really heard. It's so strange. I mean, it really is. I, I asked a question yesterday to someone, and before I knew it, four or five other people here in Florida reacted to my question, and mm-hmm. boom. I I have the solution within two hours and all because I decided to ask. Makes a difference, doesn't it? It it does, but I have a really hard time doing it too. (laughs) Is that because of our religion, by the way, or is it
3: because we're women? I think it's because we're women and, you know, it's compounded because I'm in a a helping profession. Well, you're in the helping profession too and trying to get your word out about kindness. Um, I think, you know, I think, it, some of it comes from our childhood, uh, our upbringing. It's, you know, who we are. But the the, the thing is, we can change. And usually we can change by just setting a goal to set up, step outside of our
2: comfort zone. Absolutely. But that's the hardest part to do. And you've oh. been on a journey outside of your comfort zone, of course, oh. in this journey of cancer. I can totally relate to that. Oh. Yeah. I always said that this type of
3: nursing was the... Type of nursing that I did not want to learn about. I'd learn about every other type of nursing, but not. I did not want to learn about cancer nursing. Well, guess what? Never say that
2: because it's going to come to pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never say never in any of the things. Okay. One of the one of the things I would love to ask you too is, uh, I just had it in my head and now it went straight out. What can we do better? Or more, when we need friends with, in your situation, what is it that we need to know that they need and will never ask for? Boy, that's a tough one. Um, you know, everybody
3: says, and I'm not. This is not in my case, but I have seen it mm-hmm. happen, and I have actually done it myself. Please let me know if I can do anything. Okay. Well. For those of us who don't ask for help well, that doesn't help us. <laughs> <laughs> <I agree>. and, <laughs> and, and so I I think the best thing is to just say, Well, I on this day I'm going to come get you and take you for lunch or I'm going to come visit you every Monday at this time, or I'm so going we, to bring you a good. meal. It's putting action to the words. Okay. And, you know, I say that as a recommendation, but I also am hearing myself say that as somebody that needs to do the same. You okay. know, I, I am very good at saying, I, I'm here if you need anything, but mm-hmm. it's not... Okay, I want to do something this week. What what can that be? Okay, because we need that we need that human interaction. We need that connection. We need um, we need to know tangibly that somebody cares. Mm-hmm. And yes, cards are wonderful. Phone calls are wonderful. Those are tangible actions. Mm-hmm. You know, it it is it is what you make it. And um, you don't want to have regrets that you didn't
2: step up and help when you could have. Totally. I, I hear you. That's really good advice. So, everyone, for the listeners out there, please start being proactive and going to an action mode instead of saying, we're here. That's basically what you're saying, Right.
3: Right. And that does require people to step outside of their comfort zones and sometimes step into their fear.
2: Yeah. And I also think, and this is one thing we haven't touched on yet, but I think that some people are really, I I have friends who will not accompany me to a hospital, even if it's for nothing that's life-changing, but just Mm. because I need a minor little surgery and um, I can't drive home because I will still be drugged. They, they, they just can't do it. Right. I mean, oh yeah. You have friends like that too. I mean, there are people that really cannot. They just go into a panic mode and then they're of no help to you either. Mhm, mhm. But you know, those people, those people
3: also have other ways that, you know, they can help out perhaps. It's other things not they saying, can do for you. Yeah, it's not saying everybody has to do everything. It's, mm-hmm. you know, just, uh, you know even some of it's just thinking ahead and thinking of all all the people that are out there and what what are the different gifts that they have and how can you coordinate that so that
2: mm-hmm.
3: everybody feels like they you know are doing something
2: okay and we're going to go into a commercial break again and we'll be right back mm-hmm.
0: Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world.
1: The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260 day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co creation with Great Spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network.
0: What if you were willing to be controversial, choosing kindness instead of judgment, willing to stand out from the crowd, being a leader in creating a new reality, even if others don't follow? You can make a difference. Start by tuning in to The Value of Controversy. Each week, our hosts will bring you the tools to help create the world that you want to live in and explore what's possible when you choose from the controversy of consciousness. Listen for The Value of Controversy every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
1: We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A-V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Rey.
2: Hi, everyone, and we're back with Rose Robinson and the Luminous Cancer. Hi, Rose. <laughs> this is the last part. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I bombarded you with questions. So, one of the things that I have always wondered about is when you are a cancer survivor. Do you, you touched upon it a little bit, but do you, apart from the worrying that you will have somewhere in the back of your brain about will it reoccur, do you feel like you're on a, a time frame? None of us ever know when we're going to die. But do you feel just because you've had this experience that health-wise you feel like time is limited to you?
3: Uh, absolutely. I do feel that time is limited and I uh, I you know, as you alluded to Gabrielle, none of us really knows how much, how long we have on earth. I mm-hmm. think that we need to be mindful of that every day, not in a morbid way, but to um, take care of our business every day, not live with regrets, not go to bed angry um, um you know, determine where you find your true joy every day and seek that out. And, uh, but, you know, I, I would absolutely say that it, it is in your mind every day. And, um, the key, I think is to not let it control, control your mind, uh, because, okay. uh, it can be paralyzing,
2: uh, in the short term and the long term. Mm-hmm yeah because you've got to live, you've gotta just live right. and not think of the time limit, just like I would
4: right right I
2: mean
3: you know i i I think of a story that I tell about my dad when when he he was diagnosed with cancer, and three months later he was gone, and he met it head on with courage and dignity and when I went to uh close down one of his houses, I was cleaning out his filing cabinet and I found his um Materials for his next year's Christmas letter. And, oh, yes. you know, he, he never thought that he was not going to be around to prepare his next year's Christmas letter. Um, mm-hmm. we just, we don't know. So we, we just need to be mindful that, uh, you know, every day is precious. Every day is full of potential and possibility.
2: And we just need to live it to the fullest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Life needs to be lived now, not tomorrow, just today. Absolutely. And how do you feel about, I always, because I'm, I'm a little bit taking care of people and seniors at the moment, I always notice how much people need the human hug, the simplicity of a hug. Of course, not when you don't want one, but do you feel that in your journey of cancer, uh, you get the human touch enough?
3: Um, I actually do
2: uh,
3: on days when I'm around people, and there are many days when I'm, you know, I'm not around a lot of people, but mm-hmm. I have always been somebody that um, felt the need to connect not only, you know, physically with people, but also personally with people. Okay. And hugs make a huge difference, just that that touch, just to know that somebody cares enough to do that um, for you, it, it's huge. It is absolutely huge. And I understand that there are people out there that don't want you in their personal space. Uh, mm-hmm. However, I choose to surround myself with people that do.
2: <laughs> you know? You. I do too.
3: Um, yeah, every day
2: I, in the senior home and everyone who wants a hug, I give it to them because yeah. I I feel that they need it. Absolutely.
3: And, I, and, and I think and we're put on the earth for other people. Faces. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yes. It's so easy to give. It, it
3: gives really great is. joy and it is a great gift. So
2: it's a great gift it, back too, I must say.
3: Yeah. If it's done in a genuine fashion, I, I think yeah. that it's something that you can't we can't go wrong with.
2: No, I don't, I agree. So for if, the listeners out there, please hug a person. Whether they're ill or not, it is truly. That's a right. Hug a stranger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, look out a little bit. <laughs> I yes. yes. Rob <laughs> advice, here either. And what is it that you would say as, as we're going to oppose the show, what is it that you would feel that, because it, it is, it has hugely impacted your life. And mm-hmm. so how do you feel that when this ordeal is behind you, Is there anything that you're you're going to do totally different because you've thought about it or because you get the chance now to do it? What is it that you're going to make a change in, or maybe not at all? Um,
3: Personally, I think it's I'm I'm learning to identify what it is that I love to do, and um, that's kind of a slow process. Being a wife in the past, a mother and a grandmother, as someone's employee, someone's nurse midwife, I've always put the needs of other people before my own. And and now I'm at a point in my life where it's, you know, I've had this experience. It's I need to find that joy every day. So I've been working on a list of what it, what are the things that I love to do and, you know, systematically trying to incorporate those into my life routine on a regular basis and I mean there's so far I only have four things on the list but uh, you know the, I have some other potentials and um, so I, it's you know it's a work I'm a work in process and you know I thought about taking a motorcycle riding course and um, doing some hang gliding or parasailing
2: um, just you know all, the, all those things out there that are kind of wild and crazy but I'll do hang gliding with you. Okay, all right. The motorcycle, right. I don't dare. I drive too fast. <laughs> I'm a menace already. <laughs> yeah. But hang gliding seems safe. I won't bump into anyone.
3: Yeah, I think the, I pair, I'll tear a sail first, and if I like that, I'll I'll do a hang glide.
2: <laughs> I'm
3: definitely not jumping
2: out of airplanes, that's for sure. No, me neither. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rose, for sharing your story with everyone. I really appreciate that. And You're Could welcome. you tell people how to reach you through Facebook? Because your last sure. name is so long that I can't do it. <laughs>
3: oh yes, yes. I'll just I'll just uh spell it. It's Rose and then there's three last names. P is in Paul, L E P T N E R, G as in God, O O D D, I N G and Robinson, R O B I N S O N.
2: Rose, Plettner, Gooding Robinson. Super. And I will put that on our website and Voice America too. So that people, if ever they miss that, they can reach you <laughs> and ask one more question. Stay positive, Rose. I will. And I will see you soon. All right. Thank you, Gabriella. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Might Radio Show this week. <music>
1: Thank you again for joining us this week. Mike Radio with Gabriella Von Ray can be heard every Friday at noon Eastern Time, 9 Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week, and until our next show, think of a random act of kindness that you can perform.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program, brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.